Welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson. This week, we're in Wakefield, Nebraska with Hannah Borg. Hannah is a sixth-generation farmer who decided to come home to the family farm after college to make her own path raising poultry. As someone who didn't know anything about chickens until the day 60,000 of them arrived at her barn, Hannah is sharing her story and teaching us all a thing or two she's learned along the way. So here we go with Hannah Borg. All right. Well, we're here in Wakefield, Nebraska with Hannah Borg. Welcome to Northeast Nebraska. I'm happy to have you here. I'm glad to be here. (laughs) Well, tell us a little bit about you. Are you a Nebraska girl through and through? Oh, my goodness. I'm the sixth generation here in Wakefield, Nebraska. So you bet I'm a Nebraska gal. Um, I could tell you each generation going all the way back to Carl and Anna coming over from Sweden. Um, My grandma, who's 86, still lives on the home place. That's just a couple miles away from here. I could tell you about Wakefield and its beginning. I could tell you about our farm my dad bought about 35 years ago. Um, I could tell you about Nebraska State history. Um, we just celebrated Nebraska birthday this week. Um, I, yeah, I, I bleed Nebraska red for sure. What did you love about growing up on the farm? Oh, what is there not to love? <laughs> I guess the only thing I didn't love about growing up on the farm is all the gates I had to get open. But I think there's such a freedom to growing up on the farm. Um, like I said, we're only a couple miles from my grandma. So I could hop on the four-wheeler and drive over to grandma's and take the back roads and play in the pasture, play in the water. Um, here, there's always animals to care for. Uh, there's always something going on. Uh, my dad has three brothers that farm as well. They all farm together. And so between my three uncles and six cousins, or there's 10 of us, so that'd be seven other cousins, there was just always something going on or hay bales to jump on or the Logan Creek to go swimming in. And I, I think that's the best part growing up here is just the freedom to fall and to get back up and to figure it out and be creative. I love it. Well, eventually college did lure you away from the farm, at least for a few years. Yes, yes. I attended University of Nebraska-Lincoln and studied agriculture communications. So it's about a two and a half hour drive from here. And I knew I wanted to go to our land grant university, which is Lincoln. Um, The Ag College just called my name when I attended the Nebraska Ag Youth Institution, uh, NAYI. Uh, It's a week-long institute that um, is held on campus, and you just get to explore different careers in agriculture. You get to meet a lot of different people in ag and the industry here in Nebraska and beyond. Um, And so spending that week on East Campus, which is our ag campus, um, I knew that it was home for me. And so it was. It was home for four years. And then last May, I came home to the farm full time. uh, And here we are. (laughs) What was it that made you decide, I want to come back? So I think everyone who grows up on the farm has that thing in the back of their head of like, I want to come back somehow, some way. And some, for some people, it's easier. Some people, it's just part of the plan. For some people, it's not part of the plan, even if they don't know it is. And so when I went to college, I knew that I loved agriculture and I knew that I loved creativity. And so um, through traveling with my mom, who served on 
um, some leadership boards throughout the state, I realized that I was always drawn to communications. And so that's what I studied in, in school. And I thought through that, like I can still be on the farm, kind of be in production agriculture, but through maybe an association side. Well, um, a few years into college, we kind of got an opportunity that came out of the blue, and that was to raise chickens for Costco. And so it was like in 2017, I want to say, um, I came home for the weekend, and my dad just nonchalantly, he said to me, hey, Hannah, I've got a job for you. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll go help you move cattle or something. But um, he's like, no, like, what do you think about raising chickens? I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> still, still saying that I raise chickens like blows my mind. But um, long story, I guess long now is if I wanted to come back to the farm, I was going to raise chickens. And that's what I did um, because it was a way to expand and uh, expand and diversify our operation through poultry. And that's what we did. We took the risk. Um, we took the jump and... Now we've been raising chickens for almost a year. Congratulations. Uh, <laughs> it's been a wild year, let me tell you. Yeah. Um, but I'm so happy being back on the farm. I mean, it's if you if we would have done this interview nine months ago, I would have not been in as good a place because it's it's not easy coming back to the farm. And I I think there's a romantic aspect of like, oh, you're going to graduate college, you're going to go home to the farm, you're going to work with your family, it's going to be great, it's going to be blissful. Yeah, no, it doesn't work like that, or at least in my case, um, it didn't work like that. It was really hard there at the beginning, but um, really since the beginning of the year t uh, 2020, we've kind of found kind of found our pace, kind of found where everyone fits together, and it's going a lot better for sure. Good. Talk about the learning curve because having known nothing about chickens and yeah. now being here on the farm and seeing everything that you have going on here, wow. Yeah, so there was no learning curve. It was a straight line up. Um, <laughs> so I'd never been in a chicken barn before uh, until the day that we got 60,000 chickens. So um, let me back up a little bit. We grow chickens for Lincoln Premium Poultry, which is the Costco, or excuse me, the chicken division of Costco. So Lincoln Premium Poultry is a fully integrated business. They have everything from the hatchery to the feed mill to the processing plant, and then they own the chickens that they contract out with the growers. So we're one of about 100 different farms of growers. Um, we have pullets, which means we could we get 60,000 birds when they're day old. We have them for 21 weeks. And when they leave our farm, they go to a breeding barn, lay eggs there. And then those eggs go to the hatchery. They get hatched. They go out to a broiler barn. They raise them for 42, week, or 42 days. And then they go out to the processing plant to be processed to go to Costco. So that's a lot of words essentially saying that we are the foundation of kind of where the birds come from. Um, in cattle terms, we, we raise the heifers, we background the heifers. People seem to relate a little bit more with me saying we raise the heifers versus raising pullets because I didn't know what a pullet was until we got pullets. Uh, and so that's uh, kind of the chicken aspect. And all that loop-de-loop, -loop, I forgot what you asked me. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just the learning curve. Oh, yes, yes. Um, and that's this is like my life real summed up because there's just so many like different directions of things going on that I often forget what I'm doing. Um, so we had never, right, so I'd never been in a chicken barn before, but we, uh, we, had brand, we had brand new barns that we had spent the last year 
being built. Um, and there's a lot of equipment and we just raise crops and cattle. So, I mean, we have tractors and all the tools and machinery and equipment, but we've never had confinement barns. And confinement barns is just a whole different level of um, raising livestock, I would say, just because it's so much more hands-on. Um, and so I didn't know how to raise. I didn't know how to do anything that I do on a daily basis now. I didn't, I didn't know how to raise chickens. I mean, the animal hus husbandry s side of it is similar of like, oh, that one's not feeling well, or mm, I think something's off here. Let's figure out what that is. Um, but uh, also working uh, with the company was a learning curve of kind of understanding our relationship and how it worked. Uh, <laughs> even now, I mean, today we're still learning how, how to fix things because it's one thing to know how to get things to work or to run things on a daily basis, but when it breaks down, how do you fix it? Um, oh, by the way, when it's negative 20 degrees out wind chill, how do you maintain good ventilation? And on the opposite end, when it's 120 degrees out in the summer, that's being a little bit dramatic, but when it's 100 degrees out in the summer, how do you maintain good ventilation in the barn? So understanding how each season works is different. Each cycle of the birds is different as well. Uh, it's, just, it's just been a learning but it's kind of like drinking water out of a fire hose. Like, it's been a lot of work, um, but we're in a good place now. We're pretty comfortable where we're out on a daily basis, but still, every week it seems, it used to be every day there was a surprise. Maybe it's now narrowed down to a little bit, or wa widened out to about every week. But um, there's still a lot of learning going on, but I've learned a lot so far. Good. What do you love about rural life? Ugh, what do I not love? Um... I love the freedom, kind of what I was talking about earlier. I love that when I go to town, I'm going to see people I know. Uh, those people, they know my parents. They know me. They, they babysat me. Um, I love the community aspect of when there's something exciting going on, they cheer you on. If there's something um, not as exciting going on or maybe they have a loss or something, they're there for you. Um, I love knowing that my family, my grandpa had an integral role in like helping build our church. He's been on the school board. Grandma played piano in church for years and years. Um, I, all my uncles uh, went through school before I did. I'm the first of 10 cousins. And so the, the nine, I have two siblings. So everyone after me, we we're all in school together because we have a K through 12 school. Um, I just love just like the community community aspect, and that's I would say probably a common answer of what what is loved about rural life. But um, just just the the feeling and the openness and the freedom to kind of do whatever you want to um, is just a really great aspect. Yeah. Tell us about your town of Wakefield mm. and some of your favorite things to do here. So I love learning history, and I love learning uh, the people, or learning about the people that built things and really brought things together. And so um, fortunately for me, my grandma's basically a historian. So I've gone through a lot of her books, not only read about my own family's history, but the town of Wakefield's history. And I love Wakefield because it's always been a growing town. We've transitioned throughout the different years um, and always have worked together. But so right now, something I really love about Wakefield. Um, every Sunday night, there's a couples bowling league 
and I am not officially part of the bowling league. I just, I'm like the permanent fill-in. <laughs> and I love Sunday night. A bunch of people go bowling together and have a good time. Um, there's a really strong optimist group in Wakefield, and a lot of people have moved back. I'm kind of the youngest one in the optimist group, but a lot of people like with small or young families have moved back to Wakefield, and there's really kind of that rule revival of like, what can we do to make Wakefield grow? And um, someone's currently renovating a really big, old, beautiful building on Main Street because he wants to invest in that building and wants to invest in his business here and um, provide apartments on top of the building for people to live in. So I love Wakefield's just attitude of we're going to do what it takes to keep going and we have like we're a really strong community and um we recently we not me um the town recently hired an economic director and i think that's a really big step in continuing to grow our little town and just keep it going and for the next generation like i'm kind of i came back from school i'm figuring out where i fit in and there are places for me to fit in because um people like my grandpa and his generation made sure that the town is still strong today how have you gotten involved in town? Uh, so with the Optimist Group, I've gotten to know a lot of people and got to um, just get to know people in my own town even better because it's it's different when you come back to the town. That's something I didn't realize. Um, but with our economic director, I recently did a video for her highlighting our town to submit a video application for the hometown makeover on HGTV. That video got 20,000 views in just a few days. It blew my mind. Uh, but just to put a simple like three-minute video together um, showcasing some icons in Wakefield and some of their businesses like really got people excited about, oh, yeah, I used to live here. I grew up here and just got a lot of shares on Facebook. And It's not enough about the numbers, but it was really cool to see people get excited about seeing this video put together. And so um, I'm also involved in my church. I just recently got on a church board, which is weird for me because that's always been people older than me but now I'm kind of coming into that cycle where like oh yeah I can raise my hand and do these things so um until really the beginning of the year I didn't have the capacity to um put myself out there because things on the farm were just really hard just like tran the transition coming back was just a lot and so since the beginning of the year I've just been figuring out where I fit in um oh another place that I I just realized that I'm, I'm on another board. We haven't met yet, so that's why it's not on the top of my head. I'm on our depot committee. So Wakefield has two really cool museums. It's a train depot museum, and then also just at the library is just a general history museum of Wakefield. And I'm going to volunteer on this depot committee, and I'm hoping to kind of um, redo some of the websites and marketing and capture pictures of some of the history stuff and I want to do videos with some of the older generation of Wakefield and kind of document some of those stories so um, that's a lot of again <laughs> a lot of answer to a short question but I'm still kind of figuring it out but I'm dipping my toe into figuring out where I do fit in my small town yeah so you actually have a background in rural radio, right? <laughs> yeah. And how has that kind of helped you with what you're doing now? Well, I feel right at home um, in front of a microphone, and that's kind of why I feel the freedom to ramble a little bit. <laughs> I love being in front of the microphone. Um, but my sophomore year of college, I did a 
internship with a radio company out in Lexington, central Nebraska, and loved it. Um, I think there's just such a, you kind of feel, feel like you're in power when you're behind the microphone, but actually what I love most about it was all the stories that I got to hear. Not necessarily the stories that I got to tell because that was just part of the job, but selfishly, I love the stories that I got to seek out and hear. Um, of course, I like telling them through the work, but I love just hearing people's stories. And then through um, the my junior and senior year, I continued that internship in Lincoln um, and did some stuff more locally in Lincoln, but oh, it was so much fun being on radio, and I could, um, I could tell, hey, Dad, I have an interview coming up, and he could listen to it in the tractor or at home or whatever, and um, it's just kind of fun to just kind of have the voice and be able to um, kind of talk about exciting things that are going on, and uh, so, yes, I, yep, I'm i right at home behind a microphone. <laughs> That's good. And you also got to be an intern for Farm Her, too, Yes, right? yes, yes. Uh, so Farm Her is a small business that highlights women in agriculture, in case you're one of the few people that has never heard of Farm Her. <laughs> They're based out of Iowa. So I got to live in Iowa for a summer um, with some really good family friends. And I knew that was a dream internship of mine. And they had never had an out-of-state um, intern, and I don't, re I don't really know how, but they, they got me, and I loved it. Oh, my goodness. I got to do a little bit of everything because um, it's a small business and a lot of people working there, so I got to see everything from the communications and marketing side to the retail side and understanding how inventory works and setting up at the World Pork Expo and setting up at our own conference and working with people through their sponsorships and um, all aspects of it. I love because I, I got to be hands-on. And of course, like just sitting in front of the images of the, these powerful images of women in agriculture, like, yeah, it's a terrible job, let me tell you. <laughs> so you mentioned moving back. It makes you see the town differently. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Talk about that. Uh, so... Everyone knows my my family uh, just because we've been here forever. There's a lot of us. We've all been involved, um, and I'm the oldest. And so a lot of people knew me of like, oh, you're the chicken girl now. Um, so Wakefield has Michael Foods, which is a large commercial um, poultry operation. They are owned by Kraft Foods, and um, it's, a, it's a reason why our town is so strong. But So we're familiar with chickens, but we don't have a lot of small growers around here so everyone knows me as the chicken girl and so that was kind of that was hard at first of like I'm not the chicken girl I'm, I'm Hannah like you know me but um kind of changing my brain and understanding that oh yeah people know me because I raise chickens and you know going to the small town bar like people are like wait are you old enough like that's kind of a weird <laughs> thing uh and just uh, or I, I always love the question. So what Borg do you belong to? Cause like my said, my, like I said, my dad has three brothers. So, um, I get confused for my cousins all the time. Um, but also like people recognizing that I am old enough to have an opinion and be involved is also an interesting transition because uh, a lot of people have watched me grow up, but now I'm old enough to make an impact in my town and maybe not people don't see me like that. So just trying to prove to people that I do have value and my opinions matter and 
uh, I am the next generation and I want to be involved. So what does that look like? And um, so, yeah, you kind of have to help people change their mindset of how they look at you. And um, it's been interesting, but it's been fun. What excites you most about the future of rural America? I, I'm almost speechless because I don't, I don't know what excites me the most other than like, I think it's going to continue to grow um, because people like will nonchalantly like, oh yeah, small towns are dying. Well, that's false. Um, And I know firsthand because I have seen many people uh, with small or younger kids come back and be members of our church and start to get involved or in the Optimist Club, people from Omaha and Lincoln will come up for this um, event that we have every year that they grew up in Wakefield and they want to see everyone again. Um, I have lots of friends from college that all they wanted to do was be able to go back to their small town, but that wasn't in the cards for them right away. So I think what excites me the most about small towns is that um, they're going to be recognized to have big impact because a lot of times people just gloss over the people in small towns and not really giving them the worth that they the value that they are worth um but I think people will start to see like okay yeah it's a small town but big things are happening there what would be the number one thing that you would want to help educate people about when it comes to poultry or agriculture that's a loaded question (laughs) Uh, I'm still learning about poultry myself, so I, uh, (laughs) what would I wish I would know? Um, It is different growing, uh, raising animals in a confinement barn. I shouldn't even use the word confinement because there's plenty of space, but I don't, I don't know a good way to describe them. It's still all the aspects of like feeding and raising cattle out in the yards. Like we apply those same principles to raising chickens indoors and I wish everyone knew how nice those dang chickens had it inside like (laughs) good golly it will be blazing hot out in the summer and they're just chilling inside because it's 65 degrees in there like it never gets any warmer than or cooler or warmer than 65 when we get the day old chicks or for the first few days it's really warm in there but it's um, it's incredible weather in there all the time um, no matter what the weather is outside, it is always better on the inside because if it's windy, it might be a beautiful day, but it's windy out. Well, it's going to be nice and calm inside. Or if it's freezing cold out, it's going to be warm inside. You want, you always want to be in the barns because it's always nicer weather in there. On a broader scale in agriculture, I think, I mean, everyone wants to, people to know that like we're all farmers trying to do our best and our best looks different for everyone. We all have different ways of raising our animals and um, raising our crops, but we're all doing it with a common knowledge of like, this is how we do it. This is the best we can do it with our resources and everything's healthy. Everything's raised humanely. Like there's, there's no question about it. And of course there's going to be people that maybe don't have those same principles, but eventually their business will fail. And I think that's another misconception is like um, we are a business. Like it's really cool to say we're a family farm and we've been doing this for six generations and we work with family every day. But no, we are a business. We have to make it work in the numbers to make keep going every year. And every, that's the same for every family. It's a business. 
just like a plumber or a car salesman or someone having a store in town like it's a family business there's a romantic aspect to it as well but they have to make it work the same way with us like we have to make it work in the numbers and that's through taking care of our land and livestock well what's next for you (laughs) you got you already have a lot going on but (laughs) (laughs) so coming back to the farm it was a lot harder than I'd made imagine just because the chaos of trying to figure out our daily lives with chicken (laughs) is way different. Um, Chores looks way different with chickens than it does with cattle or horses. Um, The seasons look way different with chickens as it does with anything else. So we had no control over anything we were doing there for a while. We had no idea what to expect. We didn't know how to like kind of handle the ebb and flow of our busy times and whatnot. So I didn't really have any brain space to really dream what was next because I was dreaming to get through that day. (laughs) I was dreaming to get through the next week. Um, But good news is things are a little bit more under control now. And I say that hesitantly because anytime I say that, like something will break or something will happen. But we're almost at the end of or we're at the end of our second flock, which means we've almost been doing this for a whole year, which again blows my mind that I'm saying that out loud. Um, but we've we've done a lot of work, and I made the intentional decision to focus on getting things under control and understanding the production of growing chickens before I let myself dream because i I want to be sturdy in my daily activities on the farm before I really let myself go off the farm. And maybe some people won't agree with like that mindset, but for me, my sanity, I had to like, understand my role on the farm before I could do anything else. So what's next for me is being able to do more on communication work. Um, so I, this last week I got my first client. Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm working with a small business in Wakefield helping. She's a florist and does beautiful work. Just needs a little help on her social media and just kind of bragging about herself and her work. And so I'm helping her just a simple social media plan to bring in more customers and to sell herself even more. And so it's so small and I understand that, but it's like such a big win for me that I have the space in my life to not only be creative, but able to just like go for a couple hours into town and work with her. Um, I also recently moved because, oh yeah, by the way, coming back to the farm is hard, but living with your parents is hard too because my small town didn't have a lot of available housing. And so um, I moved at the beginning of the year and it's it's kind of opened up that space to be able to breathe and think more creatively because I'm, I have my own space, physical space. Um, I just recently got a puppy. So I'm in the thick of the puppy stage right now. So none of that is one single answer for what's next because I'm still trying to figure it out. And I'm not in a hurry. I'm giving myself a lot of grace to figure it out because that's that's what I can do. Like I've I have figured out what my life looks like on the farm, mostly almost a year in. I'm figuring out more things that I can do, more ways that I can be involved on the land and livestock side. And so I'm going to figure out more ways that I can make an impact in my town and more in the industry and I, I don't have an answer for what's next other than I'm, other than I'm going to figure it out. And um, having a cute puppy kind of helps motivate you because, I don't know, she's just a puppy's fun. And um, now that season's changing and spring's coming, like, it's 
I opened up the barn doors in my horse barn today for the first time and let fresh air in. So I'm just really excited about what's next and figuring it out. Well, how do we follow along? I'm on Instagram and Twitter at it's Hannah Borg, I-T-S Hannah Borg. And I just post a lot of daily farm life and fun stuff that I'm doing on the side. And right now it's a lot of puppy pictures. I just got a golden retriever, Piper. Um, she's sleeping right next to us. She was playing all morning. And so, um, yeah, she's just taking a little puppy nap. And so social media, a lot of Piper right now, but it's a lot of farm stuff as well. Perfect. Well, we look forward to following along. Thank you for coming. Yes. Thanks for being on the podcast. I loved it so much. Well, I love how Hannah loves rural life and has worked so hard to learn a completely new industry and diversify her family's farming operation. I also love her commitment to her town and how she's getting involved there. Be sure to go check out the show notes and give Hannah a follow. Rural Revival has so many amazing followers on social media. And if you're not yet following, come join the party. You can find us at Rural Revival Co. on both Instagram and Facebook. And if you're looking for a great playlist, check out the Rural Revival channel on Spotify. Huge thanks to Hannah for being on the podcast. And thanks to you for tuning in. Have a great day, everybody.